How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, you know, we all roll in here over the course of five minutes or so. And of course, people know I play that song, and I like that song. That's a Bible song, and uh, it's a song to remind us how we're supposed to live as followers of Christ. So I have no apologies for the fact that we play that song. You can always fast forward just a little bit in your uh, listening device on YouTube or whatnot, if you're listening a little bit later, um, great song. It's kind of been the theme song now. We'll keep the theme song of what we do here. So uh, we are in Acts chapter 11 today, and uh, uh, I'm going to take you right there pronto as I say good morning to the last few folks like Jessica and Walter. Uh Don picks up from here saying good morning to everybody. 
And but I, I'll say verbally good morning to you guys. Hey, welcome, glad to have you here. Acts chapter eleven. It says, the apostles and brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. Now, see, in their thinking, that wasn't something that was supposed to happen. Um, they, I mean, the word, this this is a Jewish thing. And the, the thought when Jesus first came on the scene and uh, uh, began to make himself known was he'll be the Messiah that will deliver the Jewish nation from Roman uh, tyranny. But God had a bigger plan. It wasn't to deliver the Jewish people from Roman tyranny. It was to deliver people from their sins around the world, not just the Jewish people, but also the, uh, the Gentiles as well. And so this is kind of news to you know, this wasn't the way it's supposed to be. Uh, God was doing something different than what they had planned for God to do. And sometimes uh, God does things differently in our own lives. Sometimes God does things differently in a church's life. Sometimes God does diff- things differently in a camp's life. Sometimes God just does things differently. Fact is, are we willing to walk with God uh, so that his greater purposes can be fulfilled. That is the question. Sometimes we limit his purposes to our ways of thinking. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of things I, I'm thinking about uh, is I have engaged the church more globally here in the last several months and uh, evaluating some things is to are there things that we hold to that are strictly Western interpretations of things? Um, I, I believe there's only one correct interpretation of most passages of Scripture. However, the ways in which we see those interpretations and their implications and their applications could be uh, influenced through our culture. And it's in my estimation, is absolutely evident that the West has its interpretations that create theological uh, uh, positions that maybe don't hold true globally. Uh, And uh, I know that's an uncomfortable statement for some, but God is bigger than than our boxes. And uh, I'm not saying, but he operates fully within his character he operates fully within how he has disclosed himself in the scriptures, but there's a lot about God that he hasn't disclosed to us. And even some of what he has disclosed to us about his knowledge, about his wisdom, uh, about his presence, uh, about his power, many things like that that we read in the scriptures. Um, okay, we have the term, we have the phrase, but do we understand what it means to be all-powerful? What does that what does that really mean? Or do we understand what it what he means um, in in his wisdom and knowledge? He's all knowing. Well, we're not all knowing, and, and yet we try to box God into our knowledge base uh, at times. And again, he 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 doesn't go beyond he doesn't operate differently than what his word reveals, but but he may operate more broadly than what we understand within those character definitions that he has given us of himself. 
I mean, what is his wisdom? What is his knowledge? What does he know? What what things have we not discovered that when you begin to discover them, you go, wow. Like, like consider the atom as just an example. When they discovered the, 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 the atom and then the makeup of the atom, just to go, wow, well, that's nothing new to God. Uh, it's new to us, you know. And sometimes God will reveal things further uh, or will do things in certain ways so that his gospel can spread. It always goes back to the gospel. It always goes back to his glory. It will glorify him, and it will, it will serve the, the for, the, for the expanse of the gospel, the expanse of the kingdom, uh, not our personal kingdoms, not our personal portfolios, uh, not our um, personal... Um, Oh, prosperity, that's the word I was looking for. Um, but his glory and his gospel, those those two things. So we read in the book of Acts, and the people were stunned. I mean, it's like uh, they couldn't believe that Peter went and did what he did. And we're going to read this here in Acts chapter 11. It says, the apostles and brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. It's like, you shouldn't have done this. Now, circumcised, I mean, literal, we're talking physical circumcision here. Now, I mean, I've always had a question, and I I, I don't mean to be uh, graphic by any stretch of imagination, but how do you know? You know, um, about the circumcision, how do you know who is and who isn't circumcised? I mean, that's that's a question. That it's just a, a just a question that's been there. But yet, if you were Judah, Jewish in background, if, if you were Hebraic, you uh, were of, of the people of Israel. The assumption would be that you're an uncircumcised man. I mean, that you're a circumcised man, and the thought was that the Gentiles were not. And so Peter. Uh, goes and eats with with the really the, circ- the, the the uncircumcised believers means the Gentile people. Let's just classify it that way: the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews circumcised, the Gentiles not circumcised. That was a sign of their followership, uh, and so they they really question. They press him and say, almost almost accusatory in nature when they say. You went and ate with, with these uncircumcised uh, men. I mean, it's accusatory. And it says Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it happened. He had to help them understand that God clearly led him to do this. It was outside of their purview. It was outside of their expectation. It was outside of their theological box. Um, and it says in verse, and, and now bear in mind, we, we look back through Scripture, and some people have a view that we've always had the Bible. We have not always had the Bible. Uh, you know, we, we didn't, the book of Acts didn't exist in the day of Peter. It hadn't happened yet. Uh, the things that Paul would write, uh, were just then happening, and, and we look back and just think, well, they should have known that because the Bible said that. The Bible hadn't been put together yet. They had the Old Testament only, and even then, uh, depending on, on your background as uh, is, is a Jew, uh, you may have only held to the Torah, the first five books, the Pentateuch. Um, 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You may have only held to those. There are some who held to those, plus the, the writings of David. Uh, there were some who held to those, plus the historical books, plus the writings of David. There were some who held to uh, the, the Pentateuch, plus the uh, historical books, plus uh, the Psalms, writings of David, oh, and the prophets. And then on top of that, then they began to add all the oral traditions that were in place before Jesus came on the scene. Then we didn't have the New Testament compiled and put together until some uh, some centuries later when, when the church kind of ratified that we believe that this, this is the contents of the Bible. And even then, there, there was debate even, even then, uh, later on in, in the uh, 1500s, the time of Martin Luther, there was debate uh, over whether James should have been included or Galatians should have been included or, you know, what about some books that some thought should be excluded? They didn't have the Bible that we have in our day. Uh, to guide them to direct them. Uh, and so these things were unfolding uh, in their midst, and this then would become Scripture and would become our guidelines that we follow. The Bible should be our rule of faith, life, practice. It, it should be the, the general tenor of our lives. It, it should be our instruction guide. Um and there are things that God does in Scripture that God still does in other places of the world that some have said uh, no longer should happen. Uh, and uh, I, I reject that. Now, I, I, I do believe that there's uh, aspects of Pentecostalism that are run amok. I, I do believe that theologically. I, I do believe it biblically. Uh, I, I do believe that the prosperity gospel runs amok. Uh, I, I do believe that. Uh, I do believe that we've made much of the gospel, but even even in the last hundred years, much of even our our songs and whatnot are more about us than about God. And when when I get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be, uh, and, and less focus even on God. So even there, things do run amok in, in the last hundred hundred fifty years. Uh, or or longer with with some of the hymns and things that have been written, um, and, and we've limited God. And, and yet, when you hear about some of the things that God does, God does miraculous miracles, miraculous things in other places of the world because He needs to substantiate that the gospel is legit. If you go to a place where it, it's rampant animism, or Hinduism, or Buddhism, or something like that. Uh, where they haven't heard the gospel, haven't heard the, had the word of God, um, sometimes God shows up uh, and does miraculous things because he wants to establish his truth, which is in alignment with his word and some of the things that we see him doing in those places of the world to substantiate the gospel are the very things that we read within the confines of the scripture, in the book of Acts or in the gospels, so we shouldn't be surprised that God does some of those things. Absolutely. Um, so back into the text to, to see what is said here. Um, Peter went up, verse 2. Uh, they said, you went to the house of uncircumcised men. Peter began to explain everything to them precisely as it happened. 
I was and now we we've already heard the story, but we're going to repeat it again. Paul uh, Peter is uh, reciting for them, rehearsing for them, explaining to them just what happened. He said, "I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision." Now, I mean, what about trances and visions? I, God, I, I, I think that these things are exceptions that may happen and not the rule. Uh, I think that there are some in our day that think we should always be in trances and always see visions. I think these, I mean, we don't read largely about things like this happening, even in the book of Acts. They, they happen a few times. They are the exceptions and not the rule. And, and so I, 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 I do think that kind of a, at least a yellow flag goes up and sometimes even a red flag goes up. Uh, when when there's this uh, propensity to always be seeking a, a new vision or always wanting a new revelation or or wanting a new tongue or wanting something new, I, I, I do bring up a yellow flag and a red flag and go, well, you know, I, those were exceptional things that happened in the Bible. Those weren't the regulative things. And um, sometimes exceptional things happen, but but for those who want to say, well, that just should be the regular part of the Christian life. They weren't a regular part of the Christian life, even in the Bible. And that's why sometimes some of us call, uh, you know, call into question some of those things. Now, some flat out reject all of that. That is not my particular position. I, I do not flat out reject all of that. But I've just given you an instance where I do call some of that into question. Uh, and, and what I'm getting into is this idea of the trance and vision in, in uh, Acts 11, verse 5. It happened. Uh, it, we shouldn't be surprised that it happened in Peter's life. Peter was one of the uh, original apostles, after all, so we, we shouldn't be surprised by that. He continues on and says, I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners. It came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals on uh, of the earth, wild beasties, reptiles, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice telling me. Now, again, look at this. At least the interpretation here uh, in this translation that, that this is Jesus speaking. It is red letter. Now, that doesn't mean that it necessarily was Jesus speaking, but the interpretation is that this is Jesus speaking. Get up, Peter, kill, and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. I mean, I, I can hear some modern things. Um, some modern things we, we would say, well, I've never done it that way. Uh, surely not. That that would defile me to play cards with somebody. Now, that's, that's not modern. It's 50, 60, 70 years old. Kind of that thought, we don't play cards and stuff of that nature. Surely not, Lord. Um, and there are so many things, and we'll talk about that on Sunday, some in church, when we talk about being set free from the law, uh, is one of the things that happens when we come uh, into faith in Christ. He replies back, surely surely not, Lord, and pure and clean, uh, nothing in pure and clean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Again, Jesus speaking, do not call anything impure that God himself is made clean. This happened three times, and, and again, we, we read about this as the event happened, the three times. Remember the three times that Peter denied Jesus before the rooster crowed? And here again, three times. It takes three times. Maybe Peter is a little bit thick. Um, top of the page here, I moved it up on the screen. This happened three times, and then it was 
uh, all was pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. God had prepared Peter for the message that the men from Caesarea would bring. It says, the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with him. Now, here's this idea of the Spirit telling him something. Now, I, I want to talk about this. I, I do believe that the Spirit of God speaks to us. I believe sometimes it is much very, very clear, the Spirit prompting us to take an action, to do something. Uh, I, I, I do believe that. Uh, otherwise, you know, if it's all only black and white, then is God's Spirit. I say black and white like the printed text of Scripture. I believe the Spirit does prompt us to do things. Uh, I, I do believe the Spirit does prompt us to give something to somebody or to send something to someone. Uh, this last week, I sent a significant chunk of personal funds to Africa. And if you, if you want to participate, reach out to me and say, hey, I would like to help send some funds. I mean, they're having a harder time getting food and, and water in some of the places because of the war happening up in northern Sudan. Uh, and uh, so I, I sent a significant chunk. And if you want to participate and do that, let me know. Uh, I'm not going this time through through any particular sources, I'm just doing it directly. And uh, I'm not going through concentric uh, because we don't quite have things set up for that type of thing yet. And uh, uh, not going through the church. So I'm just letting you know, if you want to send something, let me know. We can make that happen. The Spirit sometimes prompts us. Uh, he, he does. And uh, sometimes the Spirit... Uh, it, um, illumines our eyes so that we understand things in Scripture that we've not understood before. That's the work of the Spirit. He is the one that will guide us into all truth. He is the one who's the intercessor. He's the one who's our counselor uh, uh, in that way, the Spirit. Now, but I want to I talk on another side of this for just a moment. Sometimes there are people who, who play a spiritual trump card. Well, God told me. You know, sometimes I get, I, I, and I think we should. I think a, a yellow flag should come up when someone comes to us and says, well, God told me that you should. Well, you know what? Um, okay, give me some scripture with that. You know, uh, help, help me to know, especially when they're using it to manipulate you to take an action. Now, I will have people will come to me and say, and people whom I love dearly will come and say, you know, the Lord was, was kind of speaking to my heart about this, and this is kind of what he showed me about you. And so be encouraged, Pastor Jim. And, and if if you're listening, you know who I'm talking to, and, and, and I love you dearly, and, and I'm so grateful for the encouragements that you bring and things that the you know the Spirit puts into your heart and mind that way. But, but not once have you told me this is what you're supposed to do. Yet I have observed other people manipulating other people with the words, God told me to tell you that you need to do thus and so. Um, there's a lot of what I think is spiritual manipulation that goes on along those lines uh, among certain theological sects, and that is S-E-C-T-S, just for the record, um, that 
are kind of wired to think that way and that God all the time is telling somebody something to tell somebody else and it's very specific. Uh, yellow flag here. Just I want you to know that, that I raise the yellow flag and sometimes the red flag. Uh, in fact, I told one person one time that I said, you know, I, I see you abusing your family. Uh, because you're you're the only one that God seems to speak to in your family, and uh, uh, when you're all believers, and you know that, that that creates a question for me about this. So I, you know, and I'm going down a road because I want us to be aware that I I think that there is a tension in this, and it's a healthy tension. I believe it's a I believe it's a God given tension that uh, that is uh, a part of this. Um, in just how the spirit works. Some want to completely limit the work of the spirit and others want the work of the spirit to run rampant. And, and, and I think that those, those two ends are, are, are two ends. And I think in the middle is where the spirit works kind of between those things, between, you know, uh, speaking to our hearts directly and, and, and speaking only through scripture. And I, I think that those two things, we keep us in, in the balance of where, where we really need to be, you know. Uh, so there, there's a question in the comments that I need to take a look at. I guess I'm going to have to finish chapter 11 next week. Uh, so... Um, let me interact with with a few things here. Uh, so, basic instruction B A I B A S I C. Now, I, I'm again. I'll, I'm going to push back on this uh, again. And this is like a lot of the hymns talk about. We're leaving Earth. We're we're getting out of here someday. What about walking with God today? Uh, what about basic instructions? There are things that we say, you know, God's word is enough, and Claire's saying this, and, and I and I appreciate where you're going with that. We have to stand on the word of God. Um, God's word is enough for me right now, but are we doing the things that God God's word tells us to do? Are we making disciples? Uh, are we are we all finding our our place in the body of Christ? Do we value the body of Christ um, so that we're engaged in the body of Christ and doing our part in the body of Christ? It, it, that's some basic instruction that, that that is there that we have to ask ourselves, you know. And I know people who would say the very things that you're saying, but they don't lift a finger to do anything in service of the kingdom, um, because they're so wrapped up in just living their own life that they're forgetting the fact that God has called them to serve the kingdom. Um, now, so uh, another question. God's word is enough for me right now, and and I appreciate because you you've had Claire, you've had exposure to some pretty harsh abusive treatment uh, in, in in along the lines of the prosperity gospel and your family and not but your your extended family uh, you shared just before has has been uh, severely negatively impacted through that, and, and I get that. So how how would you know to start a restaurant? Because you desired to start a restaurant? Did God prompt you to start a restaurant? Was the Holy Spirit? How do we determine God's will for our life? How do we determine 
I mean, does the Bible tell us, uh, as an example, did the Bible say your daughter's supposed to go to Middlebury College? How do we know those things? Um, how do we know that that uh, we're supposed to share a word with with a friend? Did, did, does the Bible say uh, on this day, on uh, June 2nd, 3rd, whatever today's date is, June 2nd, you're supposed to go say thus and so to somebody? I mean, there are things that the Bible doesn't, absolutely instruct us to do. That's where the Bible then becomes our guide. Uh, that's where the principles of the Bible, that's where the precepts of the Bible, that's where the, the the model of the Bible becomes our guide in decision-making and what we do. So in that sense, God's word is enough for me right now. God is not going to instruct you to do something that goes beyond his word. And yet, Case in point, here in uh, Acts 11, that's what the Messianic Jews thought Peter was doing, was going beyond God's word. I mean, this, this is a very case in point right here in this passage that, that that's exactly what they felt was happening. Uh, you're going beyond. I mean, this this message is for God's people. It isn't for all people. So, so Peter, what, what are you even doing uh, going to to the Gentiles in this way. Um, sometimes I, I do think people will have personal experiences with the Lord. Uh, now, whether whether it is, you know, an, an actual like Pauline Acts 9 experience, I'm not so sure about that. But in our mind's eye, uh, something that the Lord allows us to see uh, to generate an image in our mind of him standing with his arms open wide, I think that's certainly within the purview uh, of what God can do. Uh, I mean, otherwise, we need to tell an awful lot of people, you're all wrong. And they're going to walk away from the faith. Well, if, this is, if my experience is wrong, then why even bother? I mean, we're going to tell a lot of people to walk away from their faith um, because of, of things like what Jessica is sharing here and, and what what she saw or experienced. Uh, I mean, I, I had an experience in my own life where where I also, uh, a, a place in my life where what the Lord was trying to communicate to me, he said in a way that was almost audible. Now, it wasn't audible, but in my mind, the words were clear. I mean, almost, almost audible. And, and the words were, Jim, I have forgiven you. Get up and get on with it. That's what I heard in my mind. Uh, I mean, those very specific words. And then immediately a scripture verse came into mind, 1 John 1, 9. God substantiating himself with his word. And uh, yes, but the spirit works with the word to give us instruction, to give us direction. Yet sometimes as we're reading in the book of Acts, the Spirit may prompt you to do something that other people, and it very well may be keeping within the, the parameters of Scripture, but the church in general goes, well, we just don't see it that way. you know. And, and this is where church history is important. What, what, does, the, what does the bulk of Christianity say? Uh, if the bulk of Christianity is, and I'm talking about Christianity that holds to the inerrancy of Scripture and holds to the Scriptures as uh, it not becoming the scripture, but it is the word of God. Um, 
because there are two different camps there uh, in been for a number of years, but is becoming more stark in in the current culture, at least in America. Um, but but God does make things in His Word. He does give us His guidance, and uh, His Spirit works with His Word to instruct us in what we need to do. Uh, so, I mean, there are a lot of things that, that we're still saying, okay, Lord, there, there are things in my own life uh, that right now it's like, Lord, I am not totally abundantly clear on just what it is that, that I need to do. I mean, there are some steps that I know. The global ministry step, that was that was something that was uh, abundantly clear to me. Uh, now, there are some steps in the middle that, that aren't quite as clear, and I'm praying for God to make those things more clear. And, and you and your life can be the same. Well, what do you do? You ask other people to pray with you. Uh, you ask other people to, um, you know, for advice. You you look at Scripture. That's that's where you start. You look at Scripture. You know, are, are there principles from Scripture that give me any guidance as to what I need to do here? Uh, are, are there specific passages? Am I misusing those passages? Am I taking those passages out of context? Am I keeping them in context? Am I proof texting, trying to have the Bible say something so that it'll give me what I want to do? Uh, or is it the general tenor of Scripture and many passages that come together in context that, that verify, yes, this is a direction to go? Uh, godly brothers and sisters whom you know are trying to walk with Christ and walk in the way of Jesus— those are people that we can go to and seek counsel. There's prayer. Uh, there's fasting, praying and fasting. Jesus practiced that. We read in the Gospels. Uh, but then there's also the peace of the Spirit. There's the Spirit giving us peace about what we need to do. Much about how God brings things together with his word and by the Spirit to give us direction uh, into uh, uh into our lives. Well, I didn't get very far here in Acts chapter 11 today. We will pick up again on Monday in Acts chapter 11. And uh, um, so anyway, friends, uh, this weekend we'll be continuing down. I think we're on number 20, 21, and 22, or 20 through 24, I guess, 20, 21, 22, Anyway, there's a number, I can't remember, uh, a number of uh, these transactions that we've been considering of the 33 amazing transactions that take place the moment someone trusts in Christ. We'll continue down that road here this weekend at Veracity Chapel. Uh, if if you do not have a local church or if you want some further other teaching, we certainly invite you to to join with us on Sundays at uh, 10 o'clock or listen later if you'd like to uh, as we continue to worship, to grow, to seek God, uh, and to seek to understand his word for our lives. Lord, help us to walk with you today. Help us to take your word seriously. Help us to take the work of the Spirit seriously. Help us today to walk as Jesus walked because it says in 1 John Two, six. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as he did. Lord, help us to walk like Jesus. Help us to be imitators of Christ today and bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. We will catch you over the weekend or next week. See you later.